Welcome, this is SV Pod. No Stanford Steve, massive upgrade this week. <laughs> My man Andy North and I greet you from Augusta National, where somebody asked me, how many years have you been doing this? I think my wife, she said, how many is this? And I said, a lot. It's been a few. 2000? Was that your, that was your first year, was it? My first year with ESPN was 2001. So it's been more than 20 years together doing the Masters. Um, my first was 97. And somebody reminded me, I think Gary Van Sickle reminded me, your first ever competitive round here at Augusta National, what'd you shoot? 66. <laughs> Never got close again. What happened? <laughs> you just, you figured it, like, what do you remember? Like, you're, most, most people talk about the first round, they just try not to top it. You shot 66 in your first round. What do you remember vividly about it? The second round wasn't quite as good. I'll tell you about that later. But it was, it was one of those rounds that you play here that will not happen very often where you get the ball in the right position every single hole. Every putt I had was uphill. Every every shot going into a par five or whatever, I got on the green. And then on Friday, <laughs> I felt like I played almost the same and had it on the wrong spot every single time. I had three or four balls come off of the hills back into the water. I shot 81. 66, 81. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing serious. MC, right? No, I made the cut. Oh, hell, there you go. Check. Well, the worst part is... <laughs> I mean, I must admit, I was so embarrassed walking up the 18th fairway because you've played horrible and people are standing, clapping like they do here, being so kind to people. Uh, it was a disaster. But, you know, uh, we got in and we made it and we got around 72 holes. There you go. I think we, I think we might have won some crystal that year, too. So and you hear us talk about crystal. There are a lot of different things about the Masters that if you make an eagle, you win crystal, like low score of the day can win. There's a lot of different ways that you can win it. Uh, and I imagine that has, I mean, yeah, you, you have a, you have a barn at your house where all your memorabilia is, but does the crystal make it in the main house? The, the crystal comes out once in a while with beautiful water glasses as a night dinner, that type of thing. That's but awesome. Yeah, it's cool. It's, uh, you know, I think that's one of the really neat things that they've done here over the years that there's, they create history for every single player that <laughs> plays here. And that doesn't happen many other places. Because they recognize that this place holds a special place in the minds of many because it is a singular place. And I think that whether, you know, if you watch our broadcast or if you watch CBS or the Golf Channel or wherever, there, there, is, a, there is just a, a reverence. And I think it's, I believe that the, the sincerity is born out of, there's a feeling you get here. And, and I, I sense that we can look, we can all get cynical, but it's, there's a sincere warmth that people have for coming here for a lot of different reasons. What is it for you? Well, I think, you know, that it's real history here that, yeah. that follows you. And, and I can remember after I'd played 10 or 12 years, you'd walk over the bridge at 15 and the same people are in the same seats in this grandstands left of that green. And in practice rounds, you know, how are your kids doing? Sure. You know, nice to see you again. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is really a connection. And I think if there are better golf fans in the world, there's not many than when you come here. I would agree because I just think, I think people act, they just act right. Civilized. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You don't hear a lot of screaming mashed potatoes and things of that nature on a, on a drive. I mean, not a lot of get in the hole. I think what happens, and people call me on it, am I the same version of Scott doing the Masters as I am doing 
a highlight at midnight? No, because it's a, I'm very capable of, I don't act the same at a dinner party as I do if, if we're, you know, sitting around, you know, a sub shop, right? Like, right. Like you yeah. just have different. It's, it's like when you take your kids out to a nice dinner and they make them dress up. Right. They act better. There you go. Yeah, it's just right. Charlie, <laughs> if, hey, you have pants on. There's a great start. Like, let's just let's not put our feet on the table. Let's act right. We're invited guests. And there's just there's yeah. a certain respect that I that you certainly sense and feel from whether it's the people calling the golf, the people who are here attending, that certainly the people that are competing. Uh, and that's really, I think, what people, if you're listening to us, you're like, oh, well, what, what do you think about this field? Every year, it's interesting. Every year, there's anticipation because you've waited since the last putt last year from Scotty Scheffler until the first tee shot this year for a Masters round. So that's what makes this so anticipated. Because Scotty Scheffler arrives not just as a reigning champ, but having won this year and playing yeah. well. Since John Rahm arrives, having played incredible golf to start the year. Since Rory has shown, since he he messed with his equipment a little bit, just something I know you're going to talk about. And it worked well for him at the match play where he made it to the final four. And he arrives trying to win and, and complete the career slam. You've got one, two, those, those top three guys. And if any of them won, it wouldn't be a shock at all. As for Rory, I wanted to ask, and you to explain, he tweaked some stuff with his putter and his driver. And guys tinker plenty. But when you're that good and you tinker and you get immediate feedback that works, how important is that? That is the absolute key because every single one of us, when you go home, you're always tweaking something. I mean, you're always trying little different feels in the golf swing. You might be trying a different putter, a new sand wedge or whatever. Uh, and very seldom you take it right out and it works. Mm -hmm. You know, usually it's a process to get a club that you're really comfortable with. Well, he was able to take it right into competition and the results were fantastic. And there's no greater feeling as a player. When you've worked hard on something, you get real positive results right away. I said on our media call about Rory completing the slam that I think the script for him looks like I'm not giving you score by round by round score, but the script is he's a couple off the lead going into Sunday. And then he has that round where he just puts his foot on the gas, shoots 67 and wins by a couple, as opposed to the weight of carrying the lead into the final round, as we saw at St. Andrews. It would be a dream come true for Rory to have won at, at St. Andrews. And it was crushing for him not to. He just got beat. Cam Smith played brilliant golf. Yeah. But Cam Smith was freed up. He didn't have the expectation of entering that round, supposed to be the guy that went. And he went out and went lights out and, and won going away. Rory has not started well. I don't know why. He said in the in the press conference, he's like, I don't know, maybe I, I've been too impatient or I've been too patient, whatever the case may be. He believes he has, as he said, the ingredients to make the pie, just have to do it this, in the correct sequence. For him to start well. What is that? What 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 would enable that? Well, I think the biggest thing is that he's basically shot himself out of the tournament, many tournaments, the first round. Because here, you really need to be within you the need, top ten of the lead after eighteen holes. A lot of a lot of courses you can catch up. Here, you can't. You know, and I think you see it so often on Sunday where guys make a lot of birdies coming in the last he, nine holes. He did. They did that last year. It's hard to run a guy down if he's mm -hmm. playing well, and mm -hmm. I think. This is a golf course. If you get behind, 
and you start being aggressive and shooting at whole locations you shouldn't shoot at, that's when you make big scores. That's when you have trouble. You've got to stick to your game plan. You've got to put the ball in the right positions in the green if you can do that. But it's hard to do that when you're six or seven or eight behind and you know you've got to make some birdies. That's when you shoot yourself right out of the turn. He shot, what, 64 last year on Sunday. The last swing we saw him make was him holing out, chucking the club in the bunker, trying to celebrate, couldn't figure out. I keep making fun. Like, why? How do you not know what to do with your hand? Just look, he was going, just completely went went off the deep end after he after he holed out. Now, if he starts with a round like that and just announces with a thunderbolt that here I am, uh, who knows? I, I it would shock no one if he were to win. I just I feel like the path there is the most interesting. Is not the right word. I'm just convinced it would be easier for him to not have to be the guy on Saturday night in the press center talking about what would it mean tomorrow, as opposed to, yeah, they talk to you sat on Saturday night, but you come out Sunday and just go like, I'll play my game and see how it works out. I thought personally for myself, when I first was looking to get my first win, I thought it would be in a situation like that where you shot 65 on Sunday and, and you came from three or four behind. But you grinded them I was, out. I was fortunate that I actually had the lead, and I performed okay with that. But, uh, you know, it's it's so hard to win golf tournaments, and I don't think people at home sometimes understand how difficult it is to beat all these great players. But Rory has the ability to win from the front, to, from coming from behind. I just think that this is a week that you've got to be in that last group or two to have a chance to win coming down the stretch. Unfortunately, it would appear that a significant storyline this week is going to be weather. Uh, you never know for certain, but I mean, as we eyeball the forecast for the week, it, Thursday, iffy, Saturday looks for certain rainy, but it's amazing. We're talking about almost like a 40 degree temperature difference from in the 90s, I believe, on Wednesday. And it'll be in the low 50s on Saturday. How, how in terms of hot to cold in terms of dry to wet how different does the does this tournament play out presuming weather impacts it in those ways it, it plays very very difficult and i think the one thing we don't know for a fact is with the front coming through and getting so cold on saturday and rainy stanford steve would call that a wet front he's yeah. he's big in the weather space front, okay. yeah when the wet front well, arrives will that also include 15 or 20 mile an hour winds mm. That's the real key. And I, I look at players this week, and you, we've been talking about Rory. I think the fact that it's going to be a wet, slow golf course is really an advantage to him. Why? Because he carries the ball so far in the air. This is a golf course that if you can carry it 300 or 320, you start carrying it over the flats, and the ball lands on flats. So not only does it land further, it's going to run further. Uh, and we've seen him play some unbelievable championships when it's wet. Mm -hmm. uh, another player who I think the weather is going to really hurt is Tiger. Mm -hmm. He wants to play it fast and hard and firm and the more difficult it can play. Uh, and he doesn't, at 47 years old and trying to recover from all the surgeries, it's not easy to go out there when it's 40 degrees in the morning and try to get ready to play. So I think that'll be difficult for him. He talked about it in his presser, how he played pretty well the first couple of days and it got cold and he wasn't very good. Well, and we saw that in uh, at the PGA Championship in Tulsa as well, where it went, went, went from the temperature changed and, and got drastically different. And it was miserable on that Saturday and he pulled the plug, which um, I thought was the prudent play, frankly, sure. given, given uh, what was coming for him the remainder of the summer. But he talked about it. 
Rory talked about it in relation to Tiger. He's got all the shots. We all understand the big issue for him is walking this golf course. And if it becomes sloppy and muddy and a real slog out there, that makes it uh, all the more difficult. Uh, One last thing on Rory that I really like. I really like his pairing. He's playing with Tom Kim and Sam Burns. And notice what you don't have there. You don't have to play can you top this on Thursday and Friday with a Rom and a Scheffler you, because that happened at the Players' Championship. And he said, I was very disappointed, missed the cut there, played poorly. Yeah. Uh, that's where afterwards he went in and tweaked some stuff and figured, figured some yeah. things out with his equipment. But Tom Kim's a guy everybody likes Bye. and I really enjoy playing with him. Sam Burns is, is a player who arrives uh, off a, a big win in the match play. But while these are talented players, they're not megawatt superstars. And look, does that mean that he feels any different? I don't know. I just know that you're not having to, you're not having to mentally compete with with the other top ranked players in that in that pairing on Thursday and Friday. You're nodding your head. People can't see that. That you agree with that sense that it's a Absolutely. Good, it's a good pairing for him because of that. They're both very comfortable players to play with. They're uh-huh. easy to play with. Sure. Um, there's not a lot of extra chatter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest thing is that you know that you're the best player in the group. And all you got to do is just go and play your golf. I mean, one of the goals I had, small goals, was to be the low score in my group every time I played. You know, if you do sure. that, you're probably going to be pretty good. Right. Um, I love that. Um, Rory does. I guarantee he that's in the back of his mind. He wants to be the low score every day. And and I think it's easier to believe it's going to happen with a pairing like that that's very comfortable. He's There are four players in this major championship that have at least uh, – that have – well, I shouldn't. Uh, yeah, there are four with four or more majors. One's Phil Mickels, and wouldn't say he can't do it because Keel will happen. But it's he hasn't played the golf shot. That was that was a long time ago. Another's Tiger. We just covered Tiger. Uh, he's got the shots. Can he physically get up and down the golf course? One's Rory. We know that he needs this one for the slam. And another, the other, is Brooks Kepka. Yeah. And I, we're going to talk about this on our on our preview show on Wednesday. Uh, and I could be dead wrong. But I just want to make sure I'm mentioning Kepka because he arrives off a win in Orlando in the most recent Live Tour event. He's finished second here in the past, and he's finally healthy, something that has not been the case with him in these past few years. And he's a guy who showed us in winning major championships that he really kind of likes showing off on the biggest stages. And frankly, they're the ones that interest him a lot more than anything else ever has. And I, I just think that... If he played well here, I'm not saying it would shock people, but it might be like, oh, wow, look at Kepka, as if he had gone away and left the earth. I, I don't don't be shocked if he plays well is how I feel. I mean, not, I'm not a better, but I would. I am. I, I know that. <laughs> um, I would. I think he's the best odds. If I had to put money on eight player this week, I think his odds really are enticing. What you're saying, because you're in gambling speak, He's, would be value. You're saying that for, for for what you're getting in the player, you're getting back way, more value. Yeah. Than, I mean, it's not even close. I think he's twice the value of any other player in the field. Mm. Um, but he is a talented player. He loves the big stage. There's been a lot of good players over the year that over the years that you go to a regular tour event and you're trying to play well. You're trying to win, but there wasn't that extra energy there. He walks into a major championship. We saw that in that three-year period where he was the best player in majors by far, not even close. Mm-hmm. And he relished being in that position and being healthy again. I think he is three or four good swings 
away early on Thursday to being back to that type of player. Kepka, who, by the way, is 33 to 1. Andy North giving you value speak here. Gambling insights from Andy North. Kepka goes with Gary Woodland and Danny Willett. So major champions all. Willett, of course, his finest moment ever came during a remarkable stretch on that second nine where he seized control with a bunch of birdies and won. Gary Woodland is a U- uh, U.S. Open champion, won out at Pebble Beach. And Brooks Kepka, they go 11.54 a.m. on Thursday. I think... This is a major where I'm more interested in, have you played well here before than have you played well lately somewhere else? I, th- I think that's really important. I think there are certain players here that when they drive in the front gate, it's something changes. We've seen that out of Tiger. We've seen that out of Phil. We've seen that out of uh, you know some other players that Jordan Spieth uh, comes here and he feels like he can get it done. Um, so I, I think that experience here and good, good thoughts here and understanding it, once you figure out this golf course and understand what you're trying to do, it doesn't mean you're going to do it, but it gives you a lot better chance. Right. That's, that's essentially what we're saying is like, for instance, I, everybody's favorite golfer is Max Homa and he's played here three times, hasn't missed a cut, but hasn't finished higher than 48th. And you said, it, you said it the most important thing, figure out how to play this golf course. It's a riddle. And it's, and it's a riddle that, <clears throat> frankly, some people s- just struggle yeah. to find the answer for, where others, they just, they just see it as plain as day. Yeah. And somebody like Max Homo, who, as I, I was on uh, Shane Bacon's podcast, and we were talking about Max, he's gone from being a guy who uh, shared his own self-doubt and, and I think one over a lot of fans would be just vulnerable about it's hard, man. And then he overcame it and won. And now he's won a bunch. And now he's top 10 in the world. And you look at where he's won golf tournaments. You win at Quail Hollow. You win at uh, Riviera. These are major championship venues. He's a star. Um, but he hasn't played well here. Now, he has he has talents that serve him really well outside of Augusta. But do you have the ability to figure out what the the subtle things this place ask? How important, Andy, is imagination here? Being able to think outside of your box and your comfort zone and figure out a different way. I think that that is the absolute most important thing to understand how to play this golf course. Is can you imagine a line on a putt that breaks twenty five feet? Can you imagine that line and then imagine the kind of speed before you hit that putt? Mm. And that takes experience here. It, it also takes a player that thinks a little bit differently than they than maybe some of the other players uh-huh. do. And I think Jordan Spieth is a great example. He can play pitch shots around here that whew, so many other players can't do. We saw Scotty Shuffler do that last year in on his way to winning. His short game was amazing. Not to say that Max or some other player doesn't have that talent, because he does. Mm-hmm. He's worked so hard to improve his short game, and he's done a great job of it. And that's why he's winning golf tournaments. But it's a little different game plan here. You know, it's like it's like going out and driving down the Interstate 90 or going to Daytona and going around the curves. <laughs> right. You have to do it differently. Mm. And I think it takes some players much longer to figure that out here. It's interesting. I mean, again, he's he's um, he's played here three times, and um, it's just hasn't at night hasn't figured it out yet, uh, as as opposed to other players that have 
have had great success almost exclusively. And we've seen players come here that maybe not have great success other places, Mm -hmm. and this place just works for them. When you're done listening to me and Andy North down here in Augusta National, you should check out the College Game Day podcast with Reese Davis and Pete Them. The guys hit record on the podcast at 2 a.m. after UConn's national title victory over San Diego State. Just how blue is the Huskies' blood after notching title number five? In the last 25 years, it might be bluer than Kansas. Sorry, Jayhawks, the numbers don't lie. This is me editorializing. They're a blue blood, period, end of story. Plus, after the women wrapped up an exciting NCAA tournament, they dig into what the women's game has right now that the men's game is lacking. That's the College Game Day podcast with Reese Davis and Pete Thamel. Listen wherever you're enjoying this podcast right now. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step towards a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Outside of the, the top three in the world, and, and, and I do want to ask a, a quick one on Chef, which is there's a lot that's impressive about him. His ability to to stay seemingly unchanged by all of this is as amazing to me as anything. I feel like that's exceptionally rare, isn't it, Andy? I think in today's world of social media and all the stuff that goes with it, I think it's unbelievably rare. Um, he's got a great family. Great support system, married a really nice young lady. They're happy what they're doing. He's got probably in his mind more money than he'll ever need. And he just goes and plays golf and enjoys it. I mean, the guy's driving around the same car he had in college. Yeah. Now, maybe he's got a bunch of other ones, but he's kept that one. You know, that's a guy who's grounded. And I think you look at the guys who have had great success, not only in this game, but in life and in business, you usually see some guys that are pretty well grounded. They don't get caught up in the fluff and the, all the other junk that's going on. They focus on what needs to be done, and he's done an unbelievable job of that. Unbelievable is the, is the right word, in my opinion. I I, I think it's all damn near impossible yeah. because so you know there's there's a, there's a go ahead. doesn't he still have a flip phone? 
I think I, I had a number for a phone that did. I, I said, you gave me your burner phone. Like you gave me the phone that you don't even look at the text message. He's like, no, no, no. I was like, that's fine. I, I get it. I'm not that important. But there, there's a line that Chris Rock had. I mean, he's talking about infidelity, but I think it applies in life. Just that a, a man is as faithful as his options. And the suggestion is that, you know, we don't always make the best decisions when all of a sudden the, the, every door is, is available to right. us. And I think that there's, there's a beauty in, being content with who you are, being satisfied with and happy with what your life is and maintaining your ability to just go do that thing that is affording you this life that is that is really rare. And I mean, that's a, I'm sure he likes nice stuff. Um, what he spends his money on is not my business. Uh, I, I just I don't think that I don't think that he suddenly started saying yes to a whole lot of phone calls for other opportunities, which could be very easy to do. I mean. I'm not a social media person as you know, some of it's age, some of it's, I don't care for it. You are mm-hmm. because the business you're in, have you ever seen him post anything? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I don't think he does. I mean, in today's world for a t- mid 20 year old, not to be hooked on his phone 24 seven is amazing. Yeah. I don't even know. I'm I'm looking to see, does Scott, does Scotty Scheffler have a, I mean, I imagine he must have a, a social media account. I don't know. Does he? Scotty Chef. Yeah, no, it doesn't look like doesn't look like he's on here. There you go. Good for him. No kidding. Talk about Yeah, no, that's that's you know, I mean, because your because your agent would say, Hey, you know, if you tweet out this stuff, you can get, you know, a bunch of bunch of money for whatever else. Like, well, you know, I'm good. I'm all set. I'll just go play golf and win another four million for winning the players. Um I'm staring at a player's name. First timers, you just don't win here, or, or you you typically don't win this for your first one. Like, and the, the name I'm looking at is Cameron Young, and he's a guy who, if that was a stock, I, I say I buy a future in him. Like those those futures have been bought. Like it's not. I'm not. I'm not like this isn't a discovery here. But of all the people who haven't won a major yet, if you told me that or won a tournament yet. If you told me Cam Young won his first tournament in a major, I'd sort of shrug and go, that wouldn't surprise me because that guy has, it feels to me, the same type of temperament as Scheffler. Is that is that a fair comparison? You know, when I was watching some of the match play and he had a chance to win, my first thought was he's going to win this and he's going to do exactly what Scotty Scheffler did a year ago. That's where I think he is in his game. He's extremely talented. And once he wins, I think he's going to win a ton of them. And it, that win's coming pretty soon. I agree with that. I agree with that. I like Xander Shoffley this week. Um, and in terms of who's going to win, I, I like him. And the reasons why um, have mostly to do with the fact that he hasn't won a major yet. But th- there's a list of guys I'd say are inevitable. He's inevitable. All he does is finish in the top 10 in major after major after major. And he's finished in the top three here twice. Yeah, I feel like it's a combination of has has this player played in a ton of in a, in a bunch of majors? Yes. Has he played well in a bunch of majors? Yes. Has he played well here? Yes. Uh, does he have the sort of temperament and patience that if he were to win on Sunday would not be a surprise to anybody? Yes. He checks the boxes yeah. for me. And I guess maybe I just don't want to be the guy that says Scheffler or wrong because if either of them won, you just shrug and go, well, of course they did. Yeah. Uh, I don't say I'm out on some limb here with, yeah. with Xander because his odds are pretty short. 
but he's my pick to win. And, and I like him. I know you feel similarly about him, but you're, you, you're looking at who this week, who's, who's your list of guys you really like. I love Xander's game. I like the way he approaches the game. I like the way he handles himself. Uh, he has no holes in his game. And there's a lot of good players that maybe they don't pitch the ball well enough, or maybe they don't aren't great long iron players. He does everything exceptionally well. And he's been there so many times. Eventually it's going to happen. I would agree. Um, this week, I'm I'm kind of like you that it's I'm trying to pick somebody that's not one of those three guys. Mm-hmm. Although if I had the last dollar I had and I had to put it on somebody, I think I'd put it on Scheffler. But I, I really do like Jordan Spieth this week for a couple of reasons. One, his game changes when he walks on these grounds. He has confidence here that he has confidence everywhere, but I think it even goes to another level here. He's such a good short game player that he knows I can hit a bad shot once in a while and get away with it. No doubt. As, as long as it's not at 11 or 12 or someplace where he, it can, I, I've done that before. Yeah, yeah he has. Meaning. Exactly. Uh-huh. Um, he's, I think he has an understanding of these greens that not a lot of the other guys do. And this is a golf course that he's worked really hard on his golf swing the last three or four years. I think this is a golf course that when you get here, if you've been working technical stuff, that sort of goes out the window because your eye starts seeing shots you have to hit. And his iron play has been very good the last 18 months. Mm-hmm. He's driven the ball really well at times. Sometimes it gets a little squirrely, as it does with everybody. But this is a golf course that I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he goes on shoot 66 on Thursday and leads the whole week. No, I I I totally agree with that. Uh, that that being, uh, he's he's on the short list of people. You, you know, like if you're if you're taking bites of the apple here, like a guy to finish top, like top 20s probably aren't going to pay particularly well because the field's so small. It's less than 90 players. But I mean, you want to take a flyer on a top 10 or top five or a winner. I mean, speed uh, is as good a choice as any. We we talked whether that's going to be a factor. We talked about Tiger and 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 sort of what how how that could impact him. And I I I, I understand people are always curious, like what's going to happen. He's played one tournament. I don't think anyone knows. I don't think he knows. No. Uh, and unfortunately, the weather could be the the, the great. Um, uh, variable that there's really no answer for. Uh, there's two other things that I did want to get your, your your thoughts on. One is, and, and we were asked about it in our media call, this is the first event of the year where we've had the players who are on the Live Tour and the players in the PGA Tour. And my comments were essentially that the story here is, who's the low man at Augusta? This is a king-making week. You win this and you're seen differently. That's what matters, not what tour you play on. I don't get the sense. And I saw Scheffler and DeChambeau on the range, you know, chatting. These are guys that know each other. Yeah. I, I I think that storyline largely is 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 fueled by us. We're the oxygen in that story constantly being talked about. I know it's been a talk about a topic among players, clearly, but my sense is that like we're at the masters. Who cares? No yeah. one's gonna fight. I don't if, think I just don't see I don't if Sunday, if it's a live player or two and a PGA tour player or or two and they're battling. Is that a topic that would be people would look at? Well, yes, I think that I think they and, and I that would make sense to me. Sure. I just I think mostly it's it's a manufactured discussion. I don't think that that's what's that particularly interesting to people out there. I'm curious where you land. Yeah. I had a chance to talk to some of those guys. I did an interview with Sergio and talked to Bryson and talked to Patrick Reed and 
these guys are excited to be at the Masters. They want to play well here as every other player does. And when we're talking about it, if a guy hits a poor shot, he hits a poor shot. Hits a good shot, hits a good shot. It hasn't, you know, oh, this is the blue team or this is the red team. That's 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 garbage. It's about playing uh, this golf course the best you can. Now, if you're coming down the stretch on Sunday and you're playing on live, is there going to be more pressure on you than the guys who are playing here? I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's contractual things that would put more pressure on you. Ah, interesting. I don't know. Well, and it, it, it certainly from from the PR standpoint, it would obviously be a feather in the cap if if it were to be a live player because you look at this group and there. Look, the last major championship was won Cam by Smith. a player who's now on the live tour, Cam Smith. He was very honest in saying, "Hey, look, I'm not as sharp as I was when I arrived this time last year." And of all the things that. I think don't matter. You you wonder if there is one thing that does matter about how prepared you are as a result of being on that tour, which is, I mean, I think you look at it. They've put there's been three terms. They played nine competitive rounds of golf. Scotty Scheffler played seven at the match play two weeks ago. One so event in one event. So I truly believe in. And we've talked so much about about Tiger over the years when he's come here after injuries. Does he have a chance? Tiger's a completely different animal than everybody else. Bye, Jack. And even and even he would struggle here with being a little bit rusty when he hadn't played much. And I think that's something we have to be serious about him this year. Is his short game going to be as good as when you're playing every week? You stand over that six-footer that breaks about three inches to the right. Oh, and that's it's really, really fast. <laughs> and you haven't hit one of these for a while. Trust me, it's more difficult. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be interesting how everybody plays. Um I wish the weather was going to be better yeah. because I think that's going to have a big impact in how the how this champion is determined. Me too. And 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 if if it gets to the point where you're not able to finish rounds, then there's the, there's a certain symmetry to it. It's a, it's a small field, so it's like when you can start and finish your round each day. Each day is a neat little story, and 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 we get closer to understanding where where the outcome is when when the day's stories begin and end on the same day. I'm afraid that may not happen throughout this. Well, you and I sat through one of the great stretches of golf ever when tiger had to come back and play the last seven holes or something else oh was it a saturday morning or a sunday morning might have been a sunday Sat- i think it was saturday did anybody like six or seven holes i don't know what it was. he just came out and birdied them all <laughs> and, and said gentlemen this was a tournament it no longer is right and that's what can happen here you can have one of those and we've talked about it over the years here you can have one of those five or six or seven hole stretches that you can completely blow yourself out of the tournament or you can run away with the tournament because you've got opportunities to make birdies and eagles on a bunch of holes. And typically one of those holes is the 13th. And that hole's different this year because they've stretched it out. The tee shot is now longer. It's it, it's it looks a bit more like the 18th tee in terms of it being a little more claustrophobic and it's narrow. Quite as, it's not, not quite as not quite as suffocating, but it's, suffocating, it, it's, but it's framed beautifully. Right. It, it that's 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 well put. It, it's just how it's framed, but not necessarily how it plays because there's the two widest open parts of the golf course. You can't miss that fairway, really, like these pros, unless you hook it left. It's a massive fairway off the tee. And then if you choose to lay up, it's 80 yards down there to hit it in. Yeah. What's interesting is that they changed this par five to make the second shot more of a, what Bob Jones, when they designed it, called a momentous decision. Yes. Well, it's not going to be a momentous decision if players just say, you know what? This is a three-shot hole, and I'm going to lay up. And, and Dustin Johnson who's as long a hitter as there is, shot 20 under here when he won in November, he's saying, oh, I'm just going to lay up and play it as a, as a three-shot par five. Well, 
if he's doing that four days and I can stand in that fair with a four iron and hit another green four days, I'm going to kick his butt. So Andy North, DJ, <laughs> hey, DJ, Andy North, get at me. Get at me on social media. I'm going to kick your butt on 13. But it's it's the fact. I mean, that's the beauty now of the whole. It's And I hate to go back to when we played because it doesn't matter anymore. But the fact was, if you hit a good tee shot then in the 70s, if you hit a really good one, maybe once in a while you get a four iron. There are a lot of times you hit four wood or you're hitting a one or two iron off of the slope of that fairway that's like hitting an outside curveball. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's it's such a difficult shot. But we did it because we thought we could pull it off. And trust me, on Saturday or Sunday, if they hit it out there, they're going to think they can pull it off. And, and But it was interesting to me on Monday, I spoke to Tony Finau, who's very long, and told me he hit a very good drive. But you say it's like hitting an outside curveball. What you're saying is... It, that the ball is above your feet. So it's a very unnatural stance. And Finau said, you might not, if you don't like the feeling of that lie, you might just lay up. And he believes that will make the scoring average go down. Reason being, if guys don't take on that second shot, it's a simple layup and it's a three-shot hole, which means you're not going to make sixes and sevens as much. And it it makes it perhaps easier to make a, a birdie for I'd be willing to bet that if if you go have enough sample size over the next three or four or five years, the scoring won't be any different at all. Okay. I think I think you'll have the guys that lay up that take that out of play, but you're gonna have enough guys go at it that they're gonna make sixes and sevens. So it's all gonna balance out. Where how it's played the last four, five, six, maybe ten years, the guys can just drive it over the corner and hit an eight iron. Right. Well, what that you don't have to think very hard. To Not a momentous decision. If it's a pro, choose it between a seven or an eight or a nine iron. But if, if you've got a chance to win and you know that, hey, I've got to do something special, it's worth taking a chance. Hit a two iron off of that lie or a four wood or a three iron. And I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to it, – you're going to see balls in the azalea bushes in the left I for the first time in the last – in maybe 10 years. We used to have lots of balls, and I know because I was playing more than often. Is that North in the Woods again on 13? Yeah. Uh, I, I was on with Marty Smith on his podcast, and he asked, so what kind of a number do you think in terms of chance to win? What is it, 88, I feel like, is the field? And you have some competitors that, uh, you know, Sandy Lyle, all due respect, probably in his last, not, not likely to win. You could knock off how many could win. What you, what's, what's a reasonable ballpark number of people who, if – and I'm not asking you to name them. No. Well, this guy, this guy, this guy. But how big a how how big a lens are you looking through? 25, 30, 35. I mean, I, I landed in around. I feel like there's like 30 guys, and it, it wouldn't be sh- surprising names. We've had this exercise before, the two of us sitting and crossing names off, mm-hmm. circling guys we think we can win. I think there's probably 25 guys that you could honestly believe could be champions here. And of those, there's probably 10 or 12 that are their chances are twice as good as the guys, mm-hmm. the other guy, the other 10 or 15 guys. It's a golf course. And we talked a little bit earlier. It takes so much history and ability to understand because we've seen guys make the mistake at 12 and it's cost them the tournament. Sure. And we talked about Jordan Spieth. There's been a lot of guys that had this golf tournament won if they could put it on land and they didn't. Well, there's certain ways to do that. And the more times you play here, the more you understand that 
I'm going to hit it over there 50 feet away with a nine iron on purpose. Guys are like, what are you doing? It's a nine iron. Trust me. And and there's some players that are really good at picking a very conservative line, but making a very aggressive swing at that line. There's other players that stand over it and they're trying to hit it over there on the left and they see that flag waving over there. They just can't help themselves. And not to bring up anybody, but Greg Norman was one of those players. It was impossible for him to shoot away from the pin and it cost him winning this tournament two or three times. We have a preview show for you on Wednesday afternoon, which follows the par three contest. So I invite you to spend the afternoon watching the par three contest. That's been a lot of fun through the years. And it's a, a brand new one through six. They'll look very different to you if you've watched through the years. Seven, eight, and nine will be very familiar. Then Andy and I and our, our cast of many will have a preview show uh, five o'clock Eastern time. That leads you into Thursday, the Masters coverage, of course. You've got all the different groupings, Amen Corner, ESPN Plus, we're on with a Welcome to the Masters show on ESPN Regular. Shout out, Kenny Main. When aren't we on? <laughs> Just want to give people the, the, the menu here at 1 Eastern time, which will carry us into our coverage of the tournament in earnest at 3 Eastern time. So, look, we're here to cover a tournament we all love. It's it's hardly a labor of love. We're happy to to cover it uh, to the to the best of our abilities, and uh, and we'll be doing that. So we'll see you on Wednesday. We'll see you on Thursday, ESPN, ESPN Plus, et cetera. Uh, and thank you for listening to SV Pod. Stan for Steve and I will be together uh, again next week. And by the time we get back, you got Stanley Cup playoffs, you got NBA playoffs, everything coming into, into real clear focus here. Uh, Bucks going to win another title? I say yes. I think so. I think they're, I was able to watch them up close a couple of weeks ago from the front row, which is really fun. Feet on the wood. And they're so deep. They beat a decent team that night by 30 with three guys that could be starters not playing. I mean, I think one through 12, they're the best team in the league. I said a while ago on SportsCenter, like, they're going to win 16 games this spring. That's, that's I mean, it's, it's hard, like, you know, it's like saying Xander Shoffley's going to win. It's not like I'm giving you some, like, deep cut here. I mean, they're they're probably right there on the short list of favorites. Uh, don't mind Andy. He's just opening up some cheese here that he was going <laughs> to eat. Scotty in the building. All right, we're going to let North eat some cheese. He just said the Bucks are going to win the title. Uh, we'll see you on TV talking about the Masters with Andy North, Scott Van Pelt. We'll see you soon. Enjoy the, enjoy the Masters, everybody.